Welcome to Health Systems CIO's Live at Vive interview with Greg Garcia, Executive Director of Cybersecurity with the Health Sector Coordinating Council. Greg, thanks for joining me. Good to be with you this morning. All right, Greg, let's start off. I'm sure you get this question. Uh, well, this is an interesting question for you. Um, tell me about your organization and role. And I say that because as much as I've tried to dig into the relationships between the different government-associated entities, it can get a little daunting, I think, unless you have a giant whiteboard. Um, but if you want to just give us the overview of the organization and role. Thank you. You bet. Yes, we are. Um, the Health Sector Coordinating Council is one of... 16 sector coordinating councils, each associated with a critical infrastructure industry sector. So healthcare is critical infrastructure, just like telecommunications and electricity, oil and gas, financial services, and more. And we are actually designated by the government as critical infrastructure. Um, and the government needs to work with these critical industries to collectively, collaboratively identify and mitigate systemic threats right. to these sectors, whether they are natural threats uh, like pandemics or hurricanes, or whether they are man-made threats like terrorism or cyber attack. So what we have here is a public-private partnership. So we are, we are an official partner to the government. We are totally industry organized and managed. We have now about 380 healthcare organizations from across the spectrum, health providers, medical device companies, pharmaceuticals, plans and payers, health IT, um, and we are all working together um, to think about how we get ahead of these cybersecurity threats. And we do it um, across the sector and we do it with the government, understanding that market forces alone aren't going to solve our cybersecurity problems and regulation alone isn't going to solve our cybersecurity problems. So we need to be working with industry and government creatively, mm -hmm. resourcefully, at trying to get ahead of the threats. So that's, that is primarily what we do, and we are um, a counterpart organization to the Health ISAC, the Information Sharing and Analysis Center. They do the same thing only at a tactical operational way. They are the, they are the firefighters. They do the blocking and tackling. The Sector Coordinating Council looks over the horizon at the strategy, at the policy for how we can do this better, how we can be more secure and resilient. So, um, Health ISAC, you used the term the counter, what? A counter? Sort of a counterpart. So when so, you think of critical infrastructure protection, there's yeah. two there's two key functions for, for protecting critical infrastructure. One is the here and now. We're getting attacked now. We have a threat coming. Mm -hmm. What do we do to stop it? Mm -hmm. And how do we respond when, when it hits? That's what the ISACs do. There's mm -hmm. an ISAC for every critical industry sector. There's a financial services right. ISAC, electricity. They all do that same tactical operational function. Mm -hmm. The sector coordinating councils flip side of that critical infrastructure coin, we look over the horizon. I take it as a given. We're going to get hacked today, tomorrow. The ISAC is going to handle that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, all right, how do we get ahead of this threat? What should we be doing differently? Can we, can we develop better, um, better practices? Can the government 
do better policy to facilitate security? Do, do we have overlapping regulations mm -hmm. that are making it more complicated to be secure? Mm -hmm. So that's what we think. We think over the longer term. Do you have a lot of interaction with the Health ISAC? Yes, we are. We are a sister organization. Sister organization. Absolutely. They are a member of right. the Sector Coordinating Council. What we have in the Council is this privileged relationship, unlike other trade associations. Um, the the government agencies responsible for us, mm -hmm. in this in this case Health and Human Services mm -hmm. and FDA, they are essentially required under policy to work with the sector coordinating councils and the councils need to be fully representative of the sector writ large. And so the Health ISAC is a big part of the sector. Major trade associations like American Hospital Association, AMA, AdvaMed, mm -hmm. America's health insurance plans, they are all members of our organization as are the companies and providers themselves. And where, do we, where does 405D fall into this? 405D is one of the task groups. So one of the things that the, the nervous system of the cybersecurity working group is our task group structure. Task groups are focused on developing best practices and recommendations for very specific aspects of cybersecurity. 405D is one of those task groups that's focusing on how do health provider systems do better at cybersecurity. Um, we have a task group on medical device security. How do you design and build security into medical devices from the ground up? We have a task group on workforce development. We have a task group on information sharing, intellectual property protection. Everything that a chief information security officer needs to be concerned about, we are working on developing best practices specifically for the health sector. So let me ask you this. You, you say that each, uh, the health sector coordinating council has task groups. Yes, some of 15 which, of them. 15, some of which are focused on topics. Yes. One of which is 405D, mm -hmm. which is not a topic per se. Good point. <laughs> Good, very I'm good trying. point. I'm working with very you. good point. Very good point. We, we the 405D, it's named for Section 405D mm -hmm. of the Cybersecurity Act 2015. Mm -hmm. The Congress told HHS, you need, you need to work with industry to come up with best practices for cybersecurity for healthcare, for health systems. Mm -hmm. Great. They did that. When the Sector Coordinating Council reorganized in 2017 after I came on, the 405D task group, which was already working, they were nearing the publication of their, their document called HICCUP, Health Industry Cyber yeah. Practices. Yep. They said, you know what, this is now, the Sector Coordinating Council is now a more mature public-private partnership. Let's bring the 405D task group and roll it up under the Sector Council with all of these other task groups, okay. right? So it is one of many. The one difference is 405D is the result of an act of Congress. So HHS has to own that one task group. It's driven primarily by, by industry people, but it's managed by HHS, which is good because that means we are actually doing joint publications. Okay. Okay, I, I, you know, you're looking a little confused, no, but that's okay. Everybody is a little bit confused. It's, I think by I it. understand. I think that the main question is, you know, and I listened to, and we'll go into this a little more. I listened to the hearing mm -hmm. that you did the other yeah. day with Kate Pierce and um, uh, Sterling from Epic, um, and with Scott Dresden on it. Right. So it was a, an interesting hearing, and there's a lot of um, sort of. Um, 
opposing themes in there. One of them, it, one of which is uh, we need more information, and you were sort of saying there's a lot of information. <laughs> we made a lot. We make it a lot of information. Yeah. Um, so I think people are trying to figure out perhaps what matters, what's important when all this stuff comes out, and, and we'll also talk about this because you have, you know, you have NIST, right? NIST is yep. the standard. Yep. Okay. So you guys, one of the things you guys just came out with was this um, alignment. Yeah. Crosswalk might be a good yeah. term. Alignment crosswalk, which now this is on a framework that came out in 2018. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So that's a little while ago. Yeah. And now we're just coming out with a crosswalk. And I know I'm bouncing around, but let me just sure. do that. So bef before, I would imagine this crosswalk is quite helpful, right? I'm assuming that's why you did it, because yeah. this is helpful. So before the crosswalk, People were having to do what? Kind of figure out how to match up NIST to healthcare on their own? Yeah, Maybe it was a exactly, little challenging? Exactly. So let's go into that a little and bit. And part of it is not just they have to do it on their own, but it's, it's our way of, of, of emphasizing on behalf of the healthcare sector that the health sector should be paying attention to the NIST framework. So it's, it's, it's one part of marketing exercise. We're trying to drive the mm -hmm. health industry toward NIST and then take NIST at a, at a higher level of granularity and then you've got hiccup, which is what the 405D did. Mm -hmm. NIST is, is very broad, right? right? Identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover, those five core mm -hmm. functions. So we kind of took that in the hiccup, in the 405D process and said, okay, let's Let's align to that, but let's get really specific, speaking the healthcare language. Like, oh, we've got things like medical devices. They're attached to human beings, and they are um, vulnerable to cyber attack. We have health data that is, that, you know, health, health data, patient data that is regulated by HHS. So we used the NIST framework as the overarching reference, but then take hiccup. And, and let's get really specific about how it matters to the healthcare industry. And so we put those two together, and that's what we're trying to trying to um, encourage and promote um, across the healthcare so you industry. You got hiccup, which was useful and helpful, yep. and still is. Yep. Is and, that is that something that is? And we're about to we're about to we're about to publish the the um, update. It's going to be hiccup twenty twenty three. Right. Any any day now. In the next in the next few days or or week, um, it's going to be published. So you're big on hip, hiccup. That's yes. Like that's like your big the big, big publication. That is that is our that is the the flagship. That is the that is the flagship, particularly for health providers. But remember, right. we have all these other, you know, we have other subsectors like medical devices and pharma and health IT. What about them? So they look to NIST. But then there's another publication we did, one of our task groups, on medical device security. Yes. And the other flagship is called the JSP. The Food and Drug Administration is, um, has been promoting this, and that is an industry-driven, it's called the Medical Device Joint Security Plan, the JSP. And this is about, this is about helping medical device companies but that came out recently? That came out in 2019. Oh, that's a little... And, okay. and JSP version 2 is coming in the spring. Um, coming in the spring or early summer. Um, and that will be an update based on lessons learned from JSP1. And this is just about how should medical device manufacturers design cybersecurity in from the ground up, build it into their devices, and... Um, 
And, and what, what should hospitals and clinicians expect from medical device companies about the security of the devices that they buy? Right. So here's what I'm thinking a CIO might like. A really short reading list. Like, what are the most important mm. documents? So, obviously, we've question. got NIST is the granddaddy. Like, NIST yeah. is the gold standard. 2018 NIST. That's there. Now, how do we get to that? We've got materials that help us get to NIST. Exactly. Right? We've got Hiccup. We've got the JSP. These are things that are going to help us map to NIST. Exactly. But it's all about implementing NIST, yes. correct? It's, it's all, yeah, implementing NIST is a very high level thing, okay? It doesn't tell you how to do things. It tells you what. Mm -hmm. it, it tells you what, what is the, what is, um, you know, the first thing you gotta do is identify, identify, protect, detect, and respond and recover, right? That's what, that's what the, the NIST framework looks like. So what does identify mean? Well, you gotta identify your assets. What are you trying to protect? You need inventories. You need inventories. Yeah. You, you, you can't protect what you can't see. Mm -hmm. So you got to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then, how do you do that? So we take that and, um, you know, we are, the hiccup talks about mm -hmm. how you do that. Mm -hmm. What's the how part? Mm -hmm. um, the medical device joint security plan tells you how to build security into devices. Um, another task group says, how do you do information sharing? What's the best way to take information you get, ingest it, and make it actionable mm -hmm. so that you can actually protect your, your enterprise from, from a cyber attack? So we do a lot of the how. We have 18 publications so far. Could you map every one of those 18 to a NIST step? Not necessarily. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, these three go to this one. Yeah. These three go to this one. I think you, yeah, I think you can do for most of those. Yes, we have other we have other resources that may not be directly like mm -hmm. workforce development. How do mm -hmm. you, workforce development? How do you attract and train and retain good cybersecurity mm -hmm. talent in your in your clinical environment? I don't think NIST doesn't really identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. I don't think you know that would map directly because there's more there's more to the world than NIST. And so we have to get we have to get down sometimes to to, to a level of granularity, right? right? So, um, but we're doing it in the health sector with a language that health providers and healthcare companies understand. So if you go to our website, the the reading list you asked is is there. It's healthsectorcouncil.org, and under the recommendations tab are 18 publications and counting. Um, we're releasing a video series. Uh, it's called Cybersecurity for the Clinician. Video training series, possibly tomorrow. It's eight videos of different on different topics, six to seven minutes each. Um, the on-camera host is an emergency room doctor from UC San Diego and a hacker. So he knows he knows cybersecurity and he knows. Um, healthcare, mm -hmm. and it's what do you? You're you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a medical student, you're a nursing student, and suddenly you're touching patients, you're touching um, technology, you're touching data. Yeah, you have a responsibility to cyber too. It's not just the CISO's job. So we're getting that across. Um, that's not in NIST, right? That's not a you know that's that's not quite one of the NIST core functions. So we're we're trying to get to those those granular issues that have you know 
existential relevance to healthcare, right. you know. Um, and so we're doing a lot of the how. And, and NIST provides kind of this, this framework um, for um, a lot of the necessary stuff. But what makes healthcare unique is it's healthcare. We have patients, it's live or die. Mm -hmm. You can't have, you know, we have, we have had um, advice from, uh, from other organizations. Well, you got medical devices that have vulnerabilities, just patch them. Oh, you know what happens when you patch a medical device? It reboots. What if that medical device is attached to a human? If it's rebooting <laughs> while it's sustaining somebody's life, you're causing potential for, for patient harm. So there are unique aspects for healthcare um, that that NIST won't cover, including um, you know there's we're about to stand up a task group on operational technology, which is used in uh, a variety of things like um, HVAC equipment mm -hmm. and ref and refrigeration uh, elevators in a in a hospital, but also manufacturing technology for pharmaceuticals or medical devices. These are run by operational technology. NIST doesn't really, uh, not the NIST framework, NIST as an organization has done a lot on Internet of Things and, right. and software security. So you can take the whole library of NIST publications and they're all very valuable and a lot of the more sophisticated better resourced companies in our membership are using those right. but what we're trying to do is make these control frameworks relevant specifically for healthcare because it's a right. different language different priorities than from say you know the electric sector or financial services right NIST isn't does not put out a framework for health correct right. correct right. correct so they are nevertheless, they, they participated mm -hmm. in the development of this, of our NIST framework implementation guide for healthcare. And, um, you know, together we are with NIST and HHS, we are promoting the use of that reference to, to, to the industry. How do you decide what you're going to do next? Mm. So what we have, um, what we have used as our primary reference over the past five years, um, you mentioned 405D, section 405C said, hey, HHS, healthcare is getting slammed by cyber attack. Mm -hmm. You need to establish a task force to answer why and to tell us what the industry needs to do. Mm -hmm. So this task force stood up in 2016 and in 2017, they issued their report, they disbanded, the Healthcare Industry Cyber Task Force said healthcare cybersecurity is in critical condition. And here's all the reasons why, and here's what we need to do about it. And what to do about it was six major imperatives. Underneath were 105 action items. Mm -hmm. Very specific things about medical device security, about hospital cybersecurity, about information sharing, about telemedicine. Very specific things. And we took those recommendations. We took them seriously because mm -hmm. it was a report to Congress. Right. Section 405C said, do this and report back to us. And the task force did 
report back to the Congress. And we said, okay, well, we are the industry. We are the industry sector coordinating council. It is our responsibility to see if we can implement this. Mm -hmm. Let's put flesh on the bones mm -hmm. of those recommendations. And so that's what we did. And, and that's how we set up this, this task group structure where you have one task group on medical device security, another one on information sharing, another one on intellectual property protection for pharma. Um, and that's how we decided. Mm -hmm. Let's implement the NIST, let's implement the, the healthcare industry task force recommendations. Right. So we have mapped ourselves to that as well. So we have published 18 recommendations. Almost all of them were derived um, directly from those task force mm -hmm. recommendations. And so, you know, on, on, on column one on the left is here is the, here is the task force recommendation. The next column over is here are the health sector council publications that answered the mail mm -hmm. on that recommendation. So right. we were mapping to that. Now we're at a point five years later, six years later, where we're, where we're looking at, okay, a lot has changed in the healthcare industry over the past five years. A lot has changed. Amazon, Amazon, is, a, Amazon is a healthcare company now. They bought one medical. How does that change the ecosystem of healthcare? We have all of these new disruptors in technology. We have new business models in healthcare. Wearable technology, you know, um, uh, home health, telemedicine. Um, there's a lot of changes that are introducing new or continuing cybersecurity challenges. So we, we're starting now on a five-year strategic plan. This is, well, what is healthcare going to look like five years from now? Right. Um, and what is what is healthcare cybersecurity going to look like five years from now? And and how do we need to be prepared? Five years ago, 2017, they said healthcare cybersecurity is in critical condition. I want to be able to say in 2029 that healthcare cybersecurity is in stable condition. So what does that look like? What does stable condition look like? Um, and I you know I throw out a you know a fun a, a, a fun. Um, Goal is it fun? Goal is it? Can we say? Can we say? Eighty? We can measure that eighty percent of healthcare systems in the United States, eighty percent are implementing the NIST cybersecurity framework. That would be pretty cool to be able to say that. Don't know if we can get there. And and you know, implementing NIST is not binary. It's not yes or no, right? Mm -hmm. It's a it's a continuum, right? It's a it's a phased approach. It's 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 a measured approach. It's a maturity model in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, how you answer that question is important, but um, can we say that in 2029, um, all medical devices manufactured are out of the box, secure by design? Mm -hmm. Can we say, can, can we get to that? Right. So that's what we're looking at now is looking into the future. What is, what's, what does the future of healthcare look like and the related cybersecurity challenges and what should be our goal? And then that's, that's going to be how we decide what we work on. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at it. One is, what are our recommendations for the industry? We can presume to tell the industry what we think they need to be doing across the board in cybersecurity. We don't control that. We're, we are a coalition of, of healthcare organizations. We don't have regulatory authority. Government has regulatory authority. But we can make recommendations like the healthcare task force did. But we can't, we can't force anything. So... Strategic plan number one is what's our recommendations for what the industry should be doing. Strategic plan number two is what should we as a sector coordinating council be doing to facilitate the achievement of those objectives. 
So, for example, this, the, the, the cybersecurity for clinician video training series tomorrow. That's not forcing anything. It's just an educational device to get clinicians to understand they have some responsibility. Why? Because one of the biggest threats in healthcare is um, the frontline workers. They click on an email that looks legitimate, but it's got an attachment, and they open the attachment, and that releases the malware, right? So it's, it's kind of the insider, the inadvertent mistakes of clinicians, um, and, or in large companies, it's, it's, you know, a CEO can be duped into clicking, opening, opening something or going to an infected website. So we can help as a sector council educate the community. We can, we can work with HHS and DHS um, CISA on uh, marketing campaigns. If you see something, say something, right? Everyone knows that now. We want to be able to say, we want, we want, the, we want the same um, brand recognition of if you see something, say something for um, patient safety requires cyber safety. How's that? Does that does that work? I mean, does that does that resonate with you? Or cyber security is patient security, but we have to get that point across that we can actually hurt people, patients, if we don't do good cybersecurity. So the videos you're putting out, um, there's something that CIO, C, CISOs can just take and show, you know, put that out internally. Yes. So it's fairly simple in terms of yeah. you're helping them, you're saying here, it's, it's very free. easy yep. for them to turn around yep. and it's leverage free. those. So that, right. that makes a lot of sense. Um, during the hearings uh, that you were involved in, Kate Pierce, you know, she was kind of speaking for smaller hospitals mm -hmm. and rural health systems. And one of the things she was saying was, you know, listen, well, she wasn't referring to you, but you're, you, uh, HSCC, is putting out a lot of information. Yep. And she's like, that's great. But rural and small health systems, we don't have the people, we yep. don't have the money. That's right. So you can keep putting out best yeah. practices all day yep. long. No one's yep. going to worry about We need minimum mandates. Yeah. She was like, asking, please. Yeah. Because then internally, whoever's heading up security can say, this is on the must-do list, not on the should-do exactly. list. Exactly. Yeah. So I wonder what your thoughts are there. I know it's it, it's not your role to, to I mean, maybe you do have some leverage or ways you can lobby um, to internally take that to people in, in the government and people who do regulation and say, hey, you know, you should listen to this over here. We're putting out great stuff, but if there was a stick behind it and not just a carrot, we might move this whole thing along a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that's absolutely and she was she was she was spot on about that. And it was the same for, for like information sharing. You know, right. they don't they don't need more information. They they just need the right information. They they just need to know what they can, what's relevant to them that they can actually take action on. Right. But but on on your question, um, yes, we we you know we understand that the ransomware attacks aren't going away, and the government is getting um, impatient. Um, and what can we do? to increase security and accountability in the health system. Well, we've done that, and it's hiccup. We have all of those controls. Now, the question is, now, now those, are, those are voluntary. Now, the government is going to look at that and say, okay, well, which of these hiccup controls, you know, the, the, the original hiccup is called the, the, the top 10, top 10 cybersecurity practices you should be doing. 
and, and they're going to be reporting today, I think if it's on your agenda, the 405D group is going to be giving an overview of Hiccup 2023, so what, what has changed. But what we are working on with HHS and with CISA and others is, okay, let's, let's, let's do a scan here across the industry and say, where, what are those vulnerabilities in the health system that are most frequently exploited for a successful cyber attack. Mm -hmm. So whatever those are, and we, we, we know things like email, um, email security. I mean, it's just terrible. Mm -hmm. Multi-factor authentication. All you got is one password, that's not enough. You need multi-factor, two-factor authentication, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody. We're still working on that, um, a lot of surveys and such. But then, okay, here are the primary vulnerabilities uh, for how we're getting beat. Then what are the what what are the most important controls for addressing those vulnerabilities? Mm -hmm. And we'll make we'll make those recommendations. We'll identify which of those, and it's going to be up to the government if they want to make those mandatory. Then they have to go through a rulemaking process, and then it's public comment. But um, you know, and some of the, we don't lobby as a sector council. Um, our our member trade associations, American Hospital Association (AMA), they will Advamed, they will do their lobbying. Um, um, you know, we just have to go through that process just to be sh to be sure that you know, a the, any mandated control is going to be effective, and b that um, that it's going to be implementable. You know, and then the third is that for the smalls, it's got to be funded. Mm -hmm. So these, are, these smalls are operating on zero to negative margins. So if you're going to tell them to do something, and, and Kate is right, that they will not do something if they are not told to. But if they're told to do it, then they're going to say, well, okay, then I'm going to have to make a choice. Do I hire a nurse or do I comply with these cyber controls? Because th those are the choices I have to make. So if we can get the government to say, on top of these new regulations we're imposing on you, we're going to provide subsidies, incentives, grants, services. So, you know, DHS, CISA, they, they do a lot of stuff. They can come into your environment, they can kick the tires, they can do a vulnerability scan, they can do penetration testing, they can help for free health providers that say, CISA, I need, I need help over here. Um, you could do uh, a meaningful use thing the way they did meaningful use, which was... So that's another... That's a, yeah. You get money if you do it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so we're talking... So, so we, are, we are working, as we speak, on what would be our recommendations for the kinds of things that the government can do. And, and what you just mentioned, that's an example, a meaningful use. If you do these things, it's not a penalty. Right. Um, and in fact, the Congress passed a really good, a really good provision there. If you, if you remember in January of 21, Congress, and it was signed into law on January 5th, 2021, um, which said, hey, HHS, when you are enforcing a HIPAA data breach violation, please look at the extent to which the breached hospital um, has implemented NIST or HICCUP over the past year. If they have, they've done the right thing. Take it easy on them. Yeah. Right? Don't don't punish the victim. I mean, they might still have done some wrong things, so there's going to be a fine, there's going to be an audit, 
but take it easy on yeah. them. So that's a that's a positive incentive that Congress like, okay, that was a good idea. It says to it says to health providers, look here, if if you invest in NIST and Hiccup or other recognized security practices, OCR might take it easy on you. Right. So they can do similar things, CMS, the payment system. So Kate talks about that, the reimbursement process. You know, there are critical access hospitals. They get virtually all of their money from mm -hmm. CMS. They get paid by CMS. Well, what if CMS said, you know, if you just like just like the the OCR data breach, the HIPAA data breach thing, CMS could say, if if you can show that you're implementing NIST or or Hiccup or other recognized security practices, we'll give you an extra ten cents on the dollar mm -hmm. or something right. like that. I don't, you know, I don't know the reimbursement system, but that's a positive incentive because right. money is everything. Right. We're almost out of time, uh, Greg. Just as a final question, if you uh, were talking to um, a CISO at, let's say, let's not go small, let's say mid-size health system, maybe one hospital, 300 beds, a couple of practices, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that person uh, wanted your best advice on, you know, how do I shore up this place? How do I make sure I'm doing my job? How do I make sure I avail myself of the best information that's out there that can help me do my job. What's your short list for, hey, do A, B, C, and D? Start with that. Um, you have got to convince your C-suite that this is another very um, critical element of risk. Every board of directors, every board of trustees has a risk committee and they have directors and trustees sitting on those risk committees. And we haven't yet gotten a culture of cybersecurity in the boardroom. It's getting there. But that's the, that is, you know, when I hear CISOs talk about one of the most important things, it's how do I get my board on board, <laughs> right? right. How do I get my board on board? It's not just about resources, it's about ownership. Yeah. So that's number one. Yeah. It's, got to, it's got to be a, a matter of enterprise governance, mm -hmm. existential governance. Mm -hmm. because, the, because the fallout from not doing that is, 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 is so um, extensive, right? It's reputational damage, financial damage. It's almost existential. It is, it is existential. Um, so that's 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 number one. That's 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 the top of the list. And um, uh, the second is um, training, all the way up and down. You know, it, it, for as long as I've been doing cybersecurity, um, it it has consistently been identified as the insider threat is the biggest risk. And that that has that's both you know um, deliberate and malicious. But mostly, it's inadvertent, accidental. Right. Okay. Up and down the stack, mm -hmm. all the way up to the all the way up to the CFO, yeah. and you know, um, that's number two. And and number three is um, is it's just establishing good governance and policy models. Yeah. That's that that is repeatable and implementable. Um, and, and scaled appropriately to your organization. I mean, if you just if you have if you just have your basic playbook of the comp of the appropriate components of cybersecurity, and you have someone in charge of that component, um, 
policy is is important. So it's those three. Greg, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Anthony. It's good to be here. Good questions.